Hey guys, Ben here, and we are in day number 38 of the Bible in 6 podcast. Today we are looking at Joshua chapters 1 to 6, and this first section of Joshua is a leadership shift in the people of Israel. We are going to, over the course of the entire Old Testament, there's going to be a lot of leadership shifts, and whenever there is a change in leadership, there is a change in how things are run and how people respond. This is one of the few that has a very small amount of change in respect, in um, just operations of the people, and the dignity of the leader. The change between Moses and Joshua is very little, which is a good thing because Moses was a very good leader. Joshua, too, is a very good leader. So um, it comes in with the commissioning of Joshua, and he is essentially put into the same position as Moses. The people respect him. God anoints him, and this is a really good thing. And so as Joshua assumes command, he essentially, his first kind of order of business is to get the people ready. That's what you see it in the second half of chapter one. It's like, hey guys, we're going to do a really important thing, so prepare yourselves. Now, um, over the over the course of this time um, in the readings of Deuteronomy, uh, word has been getting out about this wandering people uh, called the Israelites, where they've heard the stories of the Red Sea. They've heard how they have come and dismantled other kingdoms, other groups of people very easily. And so people are starting to be worried, starting to wonder what's going to happen. And they go into this um, interaction with Rahab, who's a prostitute, who's a person that uh, people in within Israel aren't really supposed to be interacting with them. But this is a woman who is outside of Israel, who acts fair, favorably with them and in turn with God and she is blessed and brought into the people of Israel and you would you'll even see in the lineage and line of Jesus all the way up in Matthew and they go through this genealogies and so when when it talks about those kinds of things these these are really important details for us to know uh, off by heart and so this is one thing that this is intrinsically you know, met in Jesus's family line. And so Rahab delivers these men, they give them, she gives them safe passage, and they in turn commit to save her family. And they do. Um, they go away. They This is maybe something they could have forgotten, but they report back. They give a good report of her. And because there's a, a bit of time that passes before they actually get to Jericho. Now, uh, they go back over the Jordan. They, they cross the Jordan. This is a very, like, defining moment. They're actually entering into the promised land, and they make a 12-stone altar representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of the questions that I asked, so this is um, this altar is put up so that when future generations ask questions about it, that they will essentially be able to tell the story of God. And so the question that I had in my mind and my heart is like, oh, man, what are the altars? What are the things? What are the... The practices or the the pieces of whether it be art or objects in my home in my life cause people to question the things of God in my family's existence. What are the the kinds of things that I'm, I am intending to pass down to my to to my kids and the kids after them? And what are the things being passed down to me? Now, everybody, we're in different situations. Some people have had generations of families who follow Jesus. Some of you are the first ones in your family. And so there isn't that same type of thing. Obviously, we have other stories and other icons and other altars in general in our life and in our churches and in the world. But I wonder of myself, what are mine? What are the things that are driving people around me to hear and know the story of God in my life? And so uh, that was just one of the things out of the end of chapter four that kind of like rested on me.
And uh, going into chapter six, it talks about the, the fall of Jericho, which is uh, just really important, uh, a story that you probably know. It's interesting when you kind of read through the text, um, how different it is than, than Veggie Tales. Like not super far off, but again, just a little bit different. Um, but going into um, going into chapter six, verse eight, I just find it interesting that wherever it isn't so much that like the people shouted um, and, and they obey God. Um, but there's a couple different things that happen here. So whenever I've imagined this thing, it's like, okay, God says to go do it, and they go do it. But again, as we've been growing this understanding of God's presence through the first five books of the Bible, is that is where God's power is. Wherever his presence is, it's overwhelming. And when you combine presence with obedience, nothing can contend with God alongside obedient people. And so as they go around, the, the city of Jericho, they are being obedient to the very words of God, but they're also bringing the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence with them. And no, it's no wonder that they prevail. And so that was just one like super, um, just super important thing for us to understand, for us to know as we go about this, that it's continue to grow that power and presence and obedience go together when it comes to the people of God and the things of God. So that's the first six chapters. We're going to get through uh, some conquests. We got Bible binge tomorrow, chapter seven to 18, and I'll talk to you guys then.